0: Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com.
1: AM 560, WFIL.com and on the app you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. How's it going? Happy Monday. Got the cloudy thing going again. Rain off and on. 54 the high, down to 45 tonight. Kind of cloudy tomorrow, still with some rain expected. Supposed to wrap up uh, 54 again the high tomorrow, and supposed to taper off perhaps by Wednesday at lunchtime. But still going to need the umbrella and all that stuff for the next couple of days. Phils uh, 8-1 over Washington yesterday. J.T. Realmuto lead the way with his 22nd homer. Zach Wheeler got the win on the mound for the Phils. They're at Houston tonight. At 8-10, Eagles, big win, 29-21 over Jacksonville. Of course, Jacksonville, head coach Doug Peterson, of course, led the team to the Super Bowl five years ago in town. But the Eagles didn't take it easy on him, as they should have not. Miles Sanders leading the way for the Eagles, 134 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, and uh, the Eagles are 4-0. That's a nice little start they got going. Tonight, Monday Night Football, it's the Rams at San Francisco at 8.15. couple special guests this hour I'm going to tell you about, but first got to tell you about, in case you missed it, how things turned out with our Voice of the Martyrs partnership. Praise the Lord. Uh, we were working with them for the month of September to raise awareness for the persecuted church around the world. And since there are so many different things that a given situation could need, if you will, where we focus on something fundamental and basic but necessary, which is putting the Bible in the hands of believers who need it. Some don't have a copy or only part of a copy, and you certainly, no matter what you're facing in life circumstantially, you want to have the truth of God right there, and you want to be preparing for those things by soaking your brain in it ahead of time. So we wanted to uh, send Bibles to different countries around the world, but rather than focus uh, too far, like how many Bibles are there, We were trying to grow because you need to also be thinking, how do you grow awareness if if people aren't aware of Voice of the Martyrs and the work they do? And certainly the persecuted church or brothers and sisters, some of whom you wouldn't even be able to see if you were there in another country because they're in hiding or meeting secretly. So anyhow, the goal was to see if we get 120 listeners to donate a Bible and leave it open. If you wanted to do more, that was fine. But the, the main thing really was just do one, do something, and that's something as simple as one Bible for six bucks. So we had a a you know a decent start in uh, September, a little slow, a little ebb and flow to it. That's part of life. But uh, entering the week, last week, we had 56 listeners, which is a nice number, 56. But uh, it's not as nice when you're trying to get to 120. It was uh, like, well, we only come kind of about halfway there. And uh, anyway, we were, I think we were 56 shy. I think we had 64. Anyway, it was like, are we going to get there or not? I think so. But, and so it started to pick up midweek. And if you were listening on Friday, you know that we actually entered Friday's broadcast at 117. I think we were three shy going into the broadcast and we wound up hitting the goal of 120, about 450 in uh, in the show 4:50 p.m. this past Friday. So that was much reason to celebrate. But then of course we still had 7 hours to go, so to speak. We you know we're working with them officially till midnight, had a presence on our homepage and all that. And so for fun we changed the message a little bit and just said, well, you know, we had 129 listeners last year. Think we could top that? And when I, I went home, we did the show, went home, I have a way if I can you know, log in and see how it's going. And little by little, another one there, another one there. We had a little message running on the air. I was updating that every hour or two as the numbers were changing. We had a little scoreboard on our homepage, was changing those numbers. And it was very exciting. In fact, I was watching a movie with my wife on Friday night and uh, something, I forget what something happened. We had to stop. We had to pause the movie. I'm like, hold on, I got to check the numbers. Oh, wait. that. Hold on. So yes, yeah, so we were having. Don't feel badly, but we were having having a, a date, just hanging out, and uh, and uh, anyway, we wound up you know going down uh, to my home office and changing the numbers, and we got the uh, record hundred thirtieth around eleven fifteen last Friday night. So how about that? And we finished at hundred thirty two by the end of that hour. So it's very exciting. Uh, And it's just a wonderful thing. Most importantly, you know, to have a listener family goal broken, which is a great thing. Most importantly, though, now it's 132 people who have been made that much more aware of the persecuted church and the work of Voice of the Martyrs by donating $6. I dare say if you ever give money to something, even if it's one time and you take a few minutes to to do that, that's different than a lot of other things. You've got a lot of things competing for our attention. So to pause and to actually act – Thank you to the 132 folks who did so. That's a big deal, and I, and uh, you know hundreds and hundreds of Bibles are going to be sent. So that's not to be overlooked. And if you are part of that, you are you know you are being a blessing into eternity. You have to believe when you give somebody a Bible, that's not gonna that's not gonna sit there and do nothing. There's gonna a lot of good that's gonna come from that. So thank you to everyone who helped. And uh, for those who didn't, that's okay. And we have more opportunities and different things. You can, Maybe just didn't work out for you. That's fine. But we're excited to have that 132 uh, folks be part of that. I just want to celebrate and let you know that that's how that went. So uh, that said, I want to um, go to a break here. And just we have a couple of special guests joining us. Uh, one is Dr. Richard Hamlet. And he is uh, on the radio station every Sunday. So uh, a program called Ministry in the Marketplace. And we're excited to have him on because, you know, if you've heard us talk about it, the, the thrust of the program has to do with how do you take your faith into your everyday you know place of work. And so he's a pastor – uh, but he's also been in the workplace. He's got a lot of insight to share. So we'll be talking with Dr. Richard Hamlet. The, the program itself is 1230 Sunday afternoons on WFIL. Also, Ty Burr, a film critic and pop culture columnist for the Boston Globe for a couple of decades, is going to be joining us talking about films and reviews. And so we'll have a little, little uh, culture stuff going on there, pop culture, uh, by the end of the program. It's all happening today on The Tim DeMar Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM
1: 560 WFIL, it's the Tim DeMoss Show. We're glad to bring on board Dr. Richard Hamlet from the Ministry in the Marketplace program, which airs Sundays at 1230 p.m. on WFIL. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing fine,
1: Tim. I hope you're doing fine. Yeah, welcome to uh, WFIL, officially. You've been on for a while, but now you're you know want to give folks a chance to get to know you a bit too. So
2: yes, the city of brotherly love, that, Philadelphia.
1: That's us. That's right.
2: I l- love it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it, I love to start off just uh, you know because without the Lord, there is no ministry in the marketplace program. You're not doing that. That's you know, true. Right. So yeah. take yeah. a little time to share a little bit about how God you know got a hold of you and and how you came to you know came to know Him.
2: Well, I was blessed to be born into a Christian family. Uh, I grew up uh, in an evangelical church, and as a child, I uh, was studying the scriptures, and we had what's called a children's catechism, which catechism simply means teachings. And uh, But I was 10 years old, and I was sitting at a Billy Graham uh, BGEA crusade in North Alabama, in Florence, Alabama, and uh, I was there uh, with my... My in-laws, who were there singing in the choir, and that night I heard the gospel very clearly, and as a 10-year-old, I I was born again. I repented and believed in the gospel, and went forward and made that public, and uh, so I've been a Christian for 51 years now, and uh, the Lord uh, then... Worked in my life in a special way. Uh, I went into business for 15 years and uh, was a uh, was a Wall Street finan- financier, Wall Street trained financier, investment banker, real estate developer, all of the above. Wow! And uh, and uh, God called me when I was 36 years old, midlife, uh, to the pastorate, and it was quite a shock. It was, uh, and people said I was having a midlife crisis. <laughs> but uh, the Lord put on my heart this this unusual burden to not only preach the word of God and preach the gospel, but also to uh, equip others to share Christ. Uh, and so that's led to now almost a hundred countries. Uh, over the last 25 years where my wife and I have gone and I've preached and we've trained pastors and laity. And so now this radio program is an outflow of that calling. And we're in our eighth year now. And uh, it's the Lord's blessing uh, as we continue to increase our our uh, our platforms.
1: I love that. I love that. Folks, Tune in our chat with Dr. Richard Hamlet. Uh, ministry in the Marketplace is the program you hear Sundays, 12.30 p.m. on WFIL. You do, just to clarify, you're a pastor, uh, not just yeah. in, on the radio, but you're a pastor week to week, too. In, in Tennessee, yes, I right? am.
2: I, just recently, uh, for for, t- for 20 years, I was an itinerant. I was a pastor to pastors uh, up to COVID, where I'd go and I'd preach as an evangelist all around the world and here in the States, and then I would train pastors. Uh, and But and when COVID hit, I, we could no longer do our, our international travels. Uh, Uh, So the Lord uh, redirected us. Now I'm I'm actually pastoring again uh, a local evangelical church here in the Memphis metro area. I had two pastors uh, before I went into the international work, you know, 20 years ago.
1: Wow! Yeah, we have family in Chattanooga, by the way. Yeah. So they have my uh, my two brothers live there, and a third has lived in Nashville. So we've had a lot of a lot of trips back and forth to Tennessee. So I guess. You're on the other side of the state there, right? Uh, yeah,
2: Yes, Tennessee is really uh, divided geographically into three sections. That That's the prettier side of the state, <laughs> East Tennessee, <laughs> in, the, in the mountains. Uh, and then we have the Cumberlands in the middle of the state where you have Nashville, our capital, and it's hilly there. And then you get over to the Mississippi River Delta area here in West Tennessee, yeah. and uh, the largest uh, – uh, we, we, the, large, the mountains here are maybe some big ant mounds or something, you know. <laughs> that's funny. are <laughs> so we're in the Delta area, all around the Mississippi River, you That's know, here. Funny.
1: Now, when you left uh, the financial world and to, to preach and work in, in ministry in that direction, was there something that did, – did you feel that the minist- uh, the financial part of what you were doing was going to be part of what you were going to do, kind of with a flavor of that? Or did you think that that was going to kind of be left behind? I mean, you obviously can use those yes. in your sermons and stuff, but did you think right, that right. you'd have a ministry in the financial realm, so to speak, at all?
2: no that's a great question very perceptive um uh i Tim I think what to be very transparent when I first happened I was since I was you know thirty five thirty six when I was ordained and closed down the investment business and went to seminary. Uh, and started pastoring, it was like, you know, well, all that business experience, you know, we we made some money, we, you know, I I had money for savings to help go forward, you know, in the ministry pastoring, and and the Lord had done that for us, but I really did not sense that at that point that, you know, that I would be that business church outside the walls, you know, businesses, missions, thrust in my ministry. Yeah. And again, that, that came about because of really the international calling after the four or five years uh, I pastored two churches where I then went around the world and, and I would be helping uh, these other in third world countries, actually, which are less industrialized countries, helping uh, Christ Church and their remnant. They're training them not only in preaching, but I was also helping them with Economics 101. And helping them to show how, they, within their context, they could develop businesses to support themselves, and not rely on the on the donors as much from the West. Yeah. So that was a big part of that. And so I was. You know, then then my burden came for the for the states and for these you know what I say pagan businessmen and women in the states that, you know that, that you know they, they're 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 seeking to gain the whole world but you know they're losing their soul right. without the gospel of Jesus Christ and so this radio program was in fourteen when it came about with, we started with bot before, you know we're still there but we moved over to Salem and Truth and other now platforms but you know it was like hey this is this is something I need to do here. Uh, as an outreach uh, with the radio media and uh, and move forward. And so I didn't think that 25 years ago it was going to be that big a part, but now in God's providence. You know, I, I call myself an Amos. I mean, I wasn't a preacher, son of a preacher. I was a business guy, like he was. Yeah. Uh, and and, the, and but God said, you know, go preach the words at midlife. So that's who I am.
1: Isn't that something? That's a great story. Uh, if you are just tuning in, we're chatting with Doctor Richard Hamlet from Ministry in the Marketplace. That program airs Sundays at twelve thirty uh, p.m. on WFIL. So sure about that program? Then for those who you know have heard it, maybe have not heard it yet, what's the what's the concept of it, and what's the the main I, things you are hoping listeners will get as they listen in?
2: Well, the with intentionality, we uh, designed the program so that it would be a different kind of program on Christian talk radio. Uh, you know, we're blessed with so many wonderful preachers and teachers, expositors, uh, textual, driv- you know, driven proclamation from the Word. Of, you know, all day long from people from those who've gone to heaven still preaching, and those here on earth. That's right. And so, I love doing that, and I do that. You know regularly but for this 26 minutes i wanted to be something different where we brought in the practical aspect um of of the outreach and bring in each week uh what i call a kingdom practitioner somebody a christian just who is out in the field in a in, in a different type of platform outside the church walls where they're using their faith with their works and everything to to, to Prioritize, you know, advancing God's kingdom, and you know we've had pastors on the program who are active in their own outreach and at the church, and I want to have those, so you know, because we want to help churches be more focused on that, the Great Commission. But but generally, it's a non you know non clergy type, what we call laity, uh, and the members of the church who come, and we have all kinds of different guests. So it's very simple. I go about ten minutes on what I call a homily. A homily is a, simply a short message. Um, and uh, And I have a short message with scripture and exhort something you know connected of course with the gospel or a challenge to believe or share the gospel and then i 'll have another you know twelve minutes or so with a guest who i 'll do a q and a and i and, you know and i'm by, you know they 're behind the mic and i 'm interviewing them and like you're doing me now. So yeah. we'll talk about their calling to Christ and calling to what, you know, their platforms to sharing Christ outside the church walls in the secular world. Uh, and then I'll close it up, put a bow on it with a short exhortation and prayer and a benediction. And it goes pretty quick, but I think the format is, is diversified. I think it's a good fit for what we're trying to do in bringing this to a practical um, aspect for everyday Christian, knowing that, you know, God wants to use them and their witness uh Monday through Saturday, you know, uh, when they're out in the marketplace.
1: Absolutely. Dr. Richard Hamlet, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL in Philadelphia, Ministry in the Marketplace, is the radio show we're chatting about for the moment here on Sunday at 12.30 p.m. so when you can catch that. That whole thing, the weird practicals popped up a couple of times. My brother Steve is a businessman. He's a painter. He used to paint residential. Now he does hotels and car dealerships, and he travels the country, including Tennessee. He's one of the brothers who lives in Tennessee. And he said uh, to me, you know, years ago when we growing up in church, he, he said, you know, he, he would say to the pastor, if what you're telling me today doesn't apply tomorrow, Monday morning when I go to work, I don't want to hear it. I mean, in a, in a nice yeah. way, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there's an element to what he's yeah. saying, like, don't get too too cerebral on me, Pastor. Uh, he's a smart man, too, but he, he wants what you're talking about, I think, that idea of yes. how do you apply your, the faith uh, when yeah. you're out and about.
2: Yeah. Well, I've, that's a good perception from your brother. Uh, I think the, the most important thing for our listeners to, to start with. Um, and who want to be more effective in their witness uh, in their daily lives outside the church walls? Is I think it needs to begin first of all with uh, with intentionality. There's two types. There's two types of what we call personal evangelism. To him. There's uh, intentional evangelism and then no evangelism. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean we have to we have to get up in the morning and be intentional and and pray that God would open up doors for us to share even gospel nuggets. Or portions of scripture, or just have some kind of a conversation that's a spiritual conversation that is voluntary. It's not forced, and in God's providence, it allows the relationship to begin and and communication. And you know, hopefully, uh, our listeners would have the opportunity to share share the good news of Christ, their testimony. One way I start always is just asking someone, how can I pray for you? That's a very simple way to get a conversation started, whether you're at the coffee pot or you're, you know, at the gym or, you know, you're at the library or out in the supermarket or wherever you are. Hmm. We don't want to be uh, over aggressive in sharing the good news, but we need to pray that God would open those opportunities and that we are ready. We're ready with that word of God. I I've tell people, you know, if if we only had one scripture to memorize and know, I would say John three sixteen. If you just spent the rest of your life in the business world sharing the good news of John three sixteen, parts of it within your context of God's love for sinners and Christ, you know, redeeming work. I think that would be enough. To carry us all the way until Jesus comes back, and yeah. sharing as a witness for Christ.
1: It's a verse that's actually on our uh, show description, uh, and the way that we try to do the show. Just for your and, and why, yeah. and why I'm interested in, in actually talking with you. Partly because of the mindset you have with ministry in the marketplace. Is this, this station's a Christian station? It has all the pastors you described, you know, yeah. expounding on God's word. But sure. I hope that this hour that we have on Tim DeMoss' show each day is um, kind of like, I would say, my life, but on the radio. So when I turn the mic off and go yeah. out in the, in the rest of the world, I would hope that it's um, similar. It's not like a totally yeah. different thing. So John yes, 3, 16 is for both, right? I run across people who are Christians it, and not Christians all the time. So we'll actually have guests course. on the program who aren't believers, and we'll talk about yeah. their craft or something. And if sure. we get a chance to talk about the Lord, we do.
2: Amen. I, you know, I think we need to uh, be very careful uh, in compartmentalizing our lives as Christians. I mean, it seems like uh, we we look at Sunday or, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, whenever assemblies are, you know, gathered together, yeah, it's so important to come together collectively as Christ's church, you know, local churches. But look how much time we spend outside the church walls and to, 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 Categorize that as being a non-spiritual time is really an offense to the gospel, because uh, Jesus spent most of his time in the marketplace. I mean, he was in the synagogue on on the on the Sabbath, uh, you know, preaching and teaching. But look where he spent the rest of his week. He was out even as a carpenter. We don't have him when he was, you know, the in the family business with Joseph, his father. But uh, you know, the Lord Jesus was always, I'm sure, perceptive of the marketplace, and you know that. And then when he started his public ministry. For three years he was, you know, busy proclaiming it. So we need to be focused like that. That uh, the, the secular can become spiritual when it's centered around the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Dr. Richard Hamlet, our guest today, Ministry in the Marketplace is the program where you can catch him Sundays at 12 30 p.m. on WFIL. We'll keep our chat going in just a moment. You're listening to the Tim Demar Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app.
0: Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email Timmy D at
1: WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. Dr. Richard Hamlet, kind enough to hang out a little bit with us today on the Tim DeMoss Show. Ministry in the Marketplace is where you can hear him Sundays at 12.30 p.m. on WFIL. Uh, so you've been doing the radio show for a number of years now and yes. and pastor to pastors and pastoring in church and all that. If you kind of step back from all of that uh, and you look back when you were younger in the faith compared to now, is there anything that kind of jumps out at you in terms of what God's taught you about himself or about life over those years?
2: Well, I think that in my calling specifically, uh, because I did come from being a, a, a young businessman trained as a financial professional, uh, uh, being a Christian for several years, from 10, you know, I was. I was Christian when I was 10 and I explained and, you know, say 10, 12 years later, I get out of college and business school and, and all that. I I saw very clearly how how uh, the Lord is uh, is working in, in different ways in people's lives uh, in his providence. I mean, uh, just like everyone's testimony is different uh, on how, you know, how they came to Christ, uh, who influenced them, you know, where they were, uh You know were they reading the scripture were they hearing a message you know were they uh were they where you know were they in church or were they in you know somewhere else uh the message is the same the gospels the power of God and salvation, so what I have learned is uh that we we can never limit God. Uh, and, and the power of the gospel and his word is never bound. And uh, we may not be preachers or missionaries or, you know, official officers in a church per se, but if we're a follower of Jesus, we have a great opportunity to be a minister in the marketplace. Minister simply means a servant and to serve others, serve God and serve others. But yes, share the good news of Jesus Christ coming in the world to save sinners.
1: That's a great, that word servant is, is never. Lost on me. It really because no. you know it turns the focus from me and my life to someone else. That's
2: it. That's it. <laughs> so. It's not a mirror. It's a reflection out. You yeah. Know?
1: So yeah. Doctor Richard Hamlet on the Tim DeMaio show today on wfil again. Ministry in the marketplace is the program Sundays at twelve thirty p.m. on wfil I understand you actually have a, a book out, a memoirs from the you marketplace do. too.
2: Yes. And really, what this is is this is volume one. So we got more volumes coming. Okay. But this is what I've done is I'm taking the the audio homilies that are uh, that have that I've got you know many of those obviously have accumulated and you know produced through the years, and that I've now I've put the first thirty in writing or thirty of the first uh, many I've done. Okay. And we've brought it to a reader's attention so the reader can have thirty. Uh, different uh, short homilies, which can be used uh, in a devotional mode or Bible study mode, or just fellowship around as a home worship uh, guide. Uh, it's uh, it's it's you know really the overflow from the from the from the actual audio program the ministry, but now we have it. You know, yeah. uh, And so I've entitled Memoirs from the Marketplace, and we're getting some good response and good reception. That's uh, with It just came out a few months ago.
1: There was one other resource, too. I think it was called Two Ways to Live.
2: Yes, I yes. I wanted
1: to ask you about that.
2: Yeah, that is one of the best. I believe it's one of the best uh, 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 gospel uh, communication uh, material there is. Uh, It's is. Uh, they've got it now. Um, uh, on uh, on video and, and virtual, on the website. But uh, years ago, I came across that, when, and it was just a, a gospel tract, Two Ways to Live. And, and uh, you know, it has the scripture, as most gospel traps do, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but I found it to be very, very effective in the way it's produced uh and, and actually going in even the track you can go to the website and see it two ways or the, the interactive on the website now with technology and the way the way that the, the, the presentation begins with creation uh and and then moves through to redemption. A lot of gospel presentations do not go back to creation and I think it's so important that in a pagan world postmodern world uh, even here in the old Bible belt in Memphis Tennessee most, many people are biblically illiterate mm. and so let's start back at the beginning Genesis 1 and 2 and that God is the creator and what happened in three with the fall and uh, that came upon all men as sin you know with sin and then it takes you right to the cross and the resurrection and it's one of my it's one of my favorite uh, presentations of the gospel that's out
1: there that's again called two ways to live and is there a best place folks could look for that as well as for your memoirs in the marketplace
2: well well you can go to uh, to our website okay. uh, uh and as we have it on the website it's uh, uh you can go to mitmradio.org
1: okay as in, in ministry boat, in the marketplace it, mitmradio.org
2: okay yeah and two ways to live is on there also you can go to richardhamlet.com okay which is a separate site with my, my messages uh, video and audios, and, and uh, you'll find it there. Uh, Matthias Media is the uh, is the actual producer of it, and they're over in Australia. So uh, they have something, not just not just kangaroos down there, they've got the gospel <laughs> really coming up.
1: <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Now, I have a question for you. Okay. One serious right. and one fun, Uh, but maybe it could be fun, both. Anyway, a word, just a word for pastors specifically, uh, because mm-hmm. of you being a pastor to pastors, that's different than perhaps pastoring a mm-hmm. church. Um, just the mindset, or you know, we have a lot of pastors in the greater Philadelphia area, and many of them who listen. So uh, any word to encourage or, or, or you know, yeah. teach them? Well,
2: I know, uh, dear pastor, elder friends, uh, who I don't see your face or know your name, in the Philly area, um, I know that this has been an incredibly uh challenging and, and, and discouraging time over the last two and a half years with this pandemic. And I know many of you have uh, have, have lost many, uh, your members have left or they are shut in or they could have been, you know, sick or died or, you know, your attendance has gone down because of that public health safety issues. I just want to encourage you because God is not finished with you. Um, these pandemics, these external challenges will come and go, but God is raised you up for this generation, and God is going to be turning ashes into beauty, I believe, with those who truly proclaim the gospel and share Christ, because I believe the Holy Spirit is actively mm. working now. There's going to be many who hopefully will come to faith in Christ through your witness, Pastor, and your members, because they have sensed the mortality being like as real as I've never seen before with this pandemic and that, you know, it can happen. And each day is precious. So I just want to encourage our, them that uh, keep going, uh, be, 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 be strong immovable in the faith. Uh, your work's not a vain as God works through you.
1: I love that Dr. Richard Hamlet with the, uh, on the Tim DeMoss show today on WFIL. Do you, do you remember, when you just said the words, keep going, my dad told me this, there was a, a pastor, I think a well-known pastor, but I can't remember. And he said he always made a point of greeting his get the people who came to church after church, and he would lean forward and kind of whisper in their ear, and and the, what he would say is, "Just keep going." Yeah. Uh, have you yeah. heard that before? I can't remember if that's a, where that came from. If it's something my dad just knows about. or If that's actually a story that circulates among you know pastors. But
2: well, I, I haven't heard that specifically, but I tell you those are probably. Uh, the most pointed and and profitable words that that uh, a pastor but even uh, any any ord any ordinary Christian as we would say just follow yeah. Jesus to know because there are so many times where you know we get discouraged, yeah, I mean the world, the flesh, and the devil with that unholy trinity we call it there there <laughs> They're trying to extinguish us. This is a cancel culture, Tim, in many ways, and the enemy, uh, the Prince of Darkness, wants to cancel our witness in the marketplace, yeah. but as long as we are uh, continue to be his light and... Uh, his mouth and his legs and feet, then, uh, you know, we're going to go forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've read the last chapter. Uh, we, know, we know that uh, Jesus is coming back and he will make all things new. Mm. And uh, we know that that day is coming on God's calendar. And if we're not here when that happens, then as believers, we will go to be with him. Uh, and, and we will be there uh, with him for all eternity, and so yeah. that's the beauty of the gospel. That uh, and there's still room in heaven, Tim, for anybody who's listening, who's not, who's not a Christian. You know, you, the door of salvation is open; it is not shut. And uh, we pray that many would come through in repentance and faith in these days.
1: Amen. You know, your words there reminded me. I don't know if you're a sports fan at all. Dave Roberts, a manager for the Dodgers. Uh, I used to cover Phillies baseball for many years, and one time I I met Mr. Roberts, Dave Roberts, and I just, for one quick second, I told him I was on a Christian station, and could he talk about how his craft and his faith intersect, Mm -hmm. kind of like ministry in the marketplace? Right. And he paused (laughs) briefly. He said, we know how it ends.
2: Oh, yeah. Profound, Dave. It is. Dave Roberts, yeah. Which is what you had just
1: shared there, but... Especially for someone who's managing, if you ever think about it, a baseball team or a head coach of a football team, if anybody knows how it's going to go, it would be that coach because they're in the middle of everything. And for him to say that, because even with a talented team, it's tough to win the World Series or the Super Bowl or whatever. But in his way, that was his way of thinking. We know how the story ends.
2: Yeah, it's amazing uh, when we take the scripture uh, as what it is, the Word of God, and, and, and all the promises of the gospel, uh, and the benefits of the gospel to those who uh, come to Christ. And uh, it's just it's just a great blessing to know that God is a, an active God working according to His counsel and will, and that nothing catches Him by surprise, and that He has a glorious future for those who will come to Him yeah. and believe in Christ.
1: Thank you so much uh, for those encouraging words. and I, And I'm with you, I have told myself the last uh, several years to just keep going, keep it yeah, simple, keep don't don't overthink. Uh, and as you said, because I think some pastors, some businesses, some things kind of wrapped up um, there, whatever yeah. they were doing, kind of figuring like, you know, if you stop doing something for a while, or if it's altered greatly, you start to think about maybe I should just stop. Um, and uh, sure. uh, to- Toby Max, DJ, DJ Madge. Was on with uh, me for some months ago, and I asked him. He said, "Tim, it's a great question." He says, "I honestly, because we couldn't tour, and he's you know he's been DJing for years. He was kind of like, maybe I should stop. I think it goes through everybody's mind, and it's like, well, yeah. maybe, but maybe not. Maybe you should. This is a weird season, but look for the opportunities yeah. God's provided, and then keep going. Yes, so
2: yeah, we need to look for creative ways to uh, to proclaim the message." And, of course, media, the connectivity we have now through social media and the radio and yeah. the visual, it's, it's amazing. Like never before, uh, we're able to proclaim the Word of God all around the world in real time. So it's great.
1: Yeah. Dr. Richard Hamlet, again, uh, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. Ministry in the Marketplace is the radio show you can listen every Sunday, 1230 p.m. on WFIL. And the the cherry on the Sunday of our conversation, I asked you about if you're a sports fan. I don't want to assume but being in that, in that Bible Belt area, are you a and, – and also kind of the western part of Tennessee that's kind of close to like Roll Tide country a little bit more so, is it?
2: Yeah. Well, actually, you hit it on the head. I mean, I was saved in North Alabama and Florence, Alabama. Boy, which is where my my father was born in, in Tuscumbia, Alabama, and up north Alabama, and yeah, so so I've got so you know roll roll tide. All right, uh, but let me tell you, the other part of my family though, my mother was from Wilmington, Delaware. Really, and so yeah, so I've got Delaware blood in me, and and, and my grandfather would take me over to watch the Phillies. We take the train over from Wilmington every summer to watch the Phillies and, and Brandywine Park and some of the other places up there. So I I love your city. I mean, it's uh, it, it's a it's a great city, and uh, we're thankful for how God's working there with many evangelical church proclaiming the message up there.
1: Amen. Oh, that's great. That's a neat connection. I didn't know that. Our operations yeah. director Steve will be glad. He's a he's a roll tide guy too. So. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> we still get along. Yeah. Somehow, it's kind
2: of hard to go against Nick Saban, isn't it? I mean, you, gotta...
1: <laughs> you do have to admire that they're the very few that managed to do oh. so well for so many people like that, it's or amazing. Belichick and all those other guys. So, yeah. Last quick thing for you: How can people pray for you?
2: Well, I think at this point, uh, with this kind of hitting the reset with the the, the local church pastored as well as this continued, you know, media and, and you know, pastor training work we're doing here in the States, I think it's just for uh, for, for for strength and wisdom. To be able to uh, to be sure that uh, that I'm only doing the best thing or a good thing, I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do to advance His kingdom. So just you know, pray for continued strength. And my wife, my wife and my youth, Ginger's beside me, Mm. teaching ladies, and you know we have a wonderful partnership uh, in ministry continuing as now she's first lady of the, the new congregation. So just pray for us for strength and wisdom.
1: I love that. That's great. Dr. Richard Hamlet, Ministry in the Marketplace is the program, Sunday at 1230 p.m. on WFIL. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today. It's great to get to know you and also help the audience get to know you and the program that much better.
2: Amen. Well, God bless Philadelphia. Thank Amen.
1: you. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day. Good day. Bye bye. Bye -bye. Dr. Richard Hamlet on the Tim DeMoss Show. Again, the program Ministry in the Marketplace, which airs Sunday at 1230 p.m. on WFIL. You can find out more about the ministry as well. MITM, as in Ministry in the Marketplace, MITMRadio.org. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app.
0: Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues.
1: AM 560 WFIL.com on the app listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, 446. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Glad to bring on board now Ty Burr, film critic, pop culture columnist for the Boston Globe for a couple of decades and also Ty Burr's is currently what he's up to these days. Hey, Ty, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Great. Thanks for taking a lot of time to chat today. Sure. Thank yeah, you. For sure. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of questions in my head. Uh, one question I had, because you've been doing uh, film you know, critic work for how many years now?
3: Oh, 20 years at the Boston Globe, 10 years before that at Entertainment Weekly, and then freelance before that, about about 35, 40 years.
1: Wow. Can I ask just off the bat, what got your attention or interest in the first place? Was it something you always were interested in, you know, as a young guy?
3: Um, I had a moment when I was a teenager. So, uh, quick story: my dad passed away when I was quite young. Hmm. And one night when I was fourteen, my mom said, "Hey, there's a movie coming on like at midnight on TV that you, was your dad's favorite movie. You should stay up and watch it." And it was the Marx Brothers in Duck Soup, and <laughs> I—that I, was it for me. I was like, what? "I don't think I'd ever watched an old movie before," but that, you know, I was off and running. I was like, "What the heck are these guys doing? This is great." Um, and I started watching old movies, new movies, and, and just, it just went from there.
1: Okay, and became kind of your hobby, which you became invested in then as it, as it turns out into your profession, which is something.
3: Correct. And I, you know I, I majored in film studies in, in, in college, which my mother thought I'd never be able to do anything with it, but surprise.. Ha-ha.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, so and, and, and the work the craft of it too, it fascinates me. Uh, you know because to me there's so much vo- especially now, there's so much volume you have to keep track of. So I don't know, like I was thinking, what, what's a day in the life of Ty Burr? But even the calendar year, because you have festivals to keep in mind and a lot of other things to make sure you're not missing anything. you know, That's a big brush to paint with. But could you explain a little bit of how you go about the craft of of your work with regard to all that?
3: It, 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 it's increasingly exhausting, honestly, because yeah. not only are there so many movies coming out, but with streaming TV, you do have to keep on top of – the series that people are talking about. And then also because you want to watch them because they're good and entertaining and you want to watch something, you know, with your, with your wife and, you know, after dinner, Um, you know, you want to be part of the culture, not just commenting on it. I mean, we got into these, I got into this because I love movies, not because I wanted to be, you know, negative about them. That's, that's the, you know, that's the thing that everybody gets wrong about critics is that we are, we're too critical. No, it's about bringing engaged thinking and context and a background of knowledge to watching a movie, but also being able to enjoy the movie for what it's trying to do and being able to say, well, okay, here's a point where it's not really kind of doing it. But so my when I was at the Globe, I was yoked to the release schedule of the studio. So whatever was coming out on a Friday, that's what I'd be reviewing. Now, running from my own uh, uh, watch list at kiberswatchlist.substack.com, I have flexibility i am still covering the theatrical releases that i want to um that i think are you know like for instance i wrote about the the new romantic comedy bros um which is in theaters last week but i can also pay attention to a movie that's either debuting on streaming or pretty much going straight to streaming like um confess fletch the new john ham movie that was in theaters but they didn't even promote it they just Pretty much threw it onto streamings. It's a pretty good movie, and everybody I know who's seeing it is really enjoying it and enjoying John Hamm in it. Um, it's exactly the kind of thing that you would want to watch on TV, but maybe, you know, see in a theater and go, ah, eh, you know, that wasn't so great, but on TV, it's, it's like a perfect entertainment. Right, um, right. Yeah. But I do have to sort of keep up on. I, you know, I watch pretty much a a movie a day sometimes too, and then try and figure out which ones I'm going to write about. So it is slightly different now that I'm doing it for my own self.
1: Yeah. And so along those lines, I I was thinking, uh, you know, I don't review movies, but if I interview an actor or actress, I'll, I'll watch it and I have a certain way of trying to do it. Do you have a, a, a plan you go to each time? Like watch it once, don't take any notes, just experience it, then watch it again and take notes or, or how do you go about it? It depends on the film.
3: Um, I, I generally only see things once yeah. um, because the second time you're becoming too analytic. I do want to preserve that experience of here's what it was like for me to watch, to experience this, this movie hmm. or this show. Um, because that's how people experience it. They don't sit there with notes, notepads, which I do. I take notes in the dark. I can't read my handwriting afterwards, but I still right. take notes in the dark. Um, yeah. And um, the only time I'll see a movie Twice as if I saw it at a film festival like Sundance in January, and then it's coming out in August. And yeah, I need to re, you know, take a second look um, to re- refresh my memory. But I do want to preserve that experience of first time viewing, of, of, of discovering it as it unfolds because that's how we watch,
1: that's how we watch film entertainment. Yeah. Folks, we're chatting with Ty Burr, film critic and pop culture columnist for the Boston Globe for 20 20 years uh, and a lot of other work too. Ty Burr's watchlist.substack.com is where you can find him now. And as you do that, uh, that work, how are you presenting that, that's your site and, uh, and what are, what can people expect as they come to it?
3: Well, um, the idea was that one of the reasons I left the globe to do this was I felt like the, Newspapers and magazines weren't covering movies the way people increasingly watch them. Um, they're pegged to the theatrical opening, but especially in the pandemic, we're at home kind of watching what we can, yeah. um, movies and TV. And more to the point, everybody subscribes to Netflix. Many people subscribe to Amazon you know, Prime. Uh, you, you probably subscribe to Hulu or Apple TV or HBO Max or whatever. You have these platforms. You don't know what's on them. They really don't make it easy to find good content. They make it easy to find the stuff they want you to watch. But so, for instance, mm. if I can point out a, a little Danish movie, um, a Danish vigilante movie uh, from last year called Writers of Justice, I pointed out to my readers um, that – Looks like it's going to be a Charles Bronson action movie, but then you watch it, and it, it's kind of that, but it's also really funny and really moving and takes you places you did not expect. Everybody I told about that movie got back to me and said, that's a really, really incredible movie, and it's there for 2 99 on Amazon. Um, so mm. that. The idea is that I'm going to help you find these things. So once or twice a week, you uh, you, you get an, uh, really two to three times a week. You get an email in your inmox, inbox. It's free. If you want to um, pay for it, you get additional – you get the ability to comment, and I have a very supportive large number of um, – subscribers who have great conversations. Okay. Uh, you get extra content, um, but you're basically getting a guide to what is out there. Sometimes TV shows, I will be writing. I do write about TV shows,
1: primarily about movies. Okay. And when you do that work, uh, this gets back to your craft, I suppose. The, what you, if you view your job to be a certain thing, like certain things you want to make sure every review has, or that person comes away with that they'll get, you know, they know they're going to get that. Uh, and, and, or how much of you is in the film ver- uh, you know, review Versus just stepping back a little bit to give them some room to form their own opinion, so to speak.
3: Right, right. You know, well, you know, the the, the biggest the the biggest lie about uh, you know and it, a criticism is that it, it can be objective. Of course not. You know, <laughs> everything's going to be subjective. The point is to be honest about your subjectivity and to bring some knowledge and context that maybe the average re- reviewer of uh, the average viewer wouldn't have. So here's what you need to know, to about this director, about this actor, about the subject of the movie, just some background that's helpful. Um, but I do want to, again, you know, not lose that um, feeling of being in the seat next to you, uh, you know, or, you know, in, in back to you, just sort of sharing that experience. So I try not to give away too much of the plot. And that's always a tricky, you know, dance to do. I yeah. feel like, Anything in the first third is set up and can generally be talked about. Anything in the last third is resolution and should be avoided. And um, anything in the middle third is sort of development and case-by-case basis. But you you don't want to do anything. I think the spoiler police can go overboard, Um, the spoiler alert police. But I I think you do have to talk about what's in the film to a degree, but also preserve that element of surprise and discovery. Um, But... Especially in the back half of any review is where I get to talk about how it works, whether it works, how it worked for me, and and yeah, I'm I'm pretty straightforward that this is my opinion, and hopefully you'll be able to frame your own opinion from that. Um, and um, any sort of larger ways in which the movie or the thing I'm talking about bears on the real world. You know, to me, there's nothing worse than a movie critic who only knows about movies, um, <laughs> right. you know, can only you know see it just through that little slot. Uh, you, you have to know about what's going on in the world. You have to be well-read. You have to be just, you know, interested, interested in other things. Yeah. That's what movies, you know, bring to every movie is like a little two hour window on a world you didn't know existed. And it's my job to sort of point out the window and say, Hey, maybe look through that and here's what you're going to see. Yeah.
1: That's great. Hi, it's great to make your acquaintance. Uh, hopefully we can have a, a yawn again. I got lots of other questions rolling around in my head. My son's actually a, a teaches film and photography the third year in in Florida and uh, I'm always great. interested in talking, you know, so maybe another time we can get into some other things, too. But this has been a great start. Uh, and uh, congratulations on, on the watch list.
3: Thank you very much. i uh, love to come on again. Sounds great. Have a great day. You as
1: well. All right. Todd Burr, or Ty Burr, the uh, film critic and pop culture columnist, long time for the Boston Globe, couple of decades. His new site and endeavor is tyburswatchlist.substack.com. Also had Dr. Richard Hamlet on the program today for Ministry in the Marketplace, which airs on WFIL Sundays at 1230 in the afternoon. A great conversation with him. I love his laugh, too. Uh, and coming up... Tomorrow, Dr. Robert Jeffress from Pathway to Victory has a brand new book out releasing tomorrow called 18 Minutes with Jesus, straight talk from the Savior about things that matter most, and uh, also actor T.C. Stallings from the new movie, No Vacancy, going to join us on the program tomorrow. And we're looking forward to having Eddie DeGarmo joining us Wednesday uh, for a full hour conversation and some music in there, too. Eddie, part of the uh, Christian group DeGarmo and Key, he went on to found Forefront Records with, uh, you know, with, birth DC talk and Rebecca St. James and many others. Well, not literally, but you know what I mean. And uh, and then he wound up become going into publishing and has been connected to many of the worship songs you and I know. Uh, that's just the, the next few days. Looking for all those guests and many more in the pipeline if you will. We appreciate your prayers for the show. Uh, quick note, we had 132 listeners. That was our final count in our partnership with Voice of the Martyrs. If you missed that last Friday, which means we not only got the goal of 120, but we set a record. So thank you so much to everyone. Most importantly, uh, those Bibles going out through Voice of the the persecuted church around the world. We have a, one final partnership of the year, which is already on our website with Trans World Radio, which we've done in the past, sending radios to Africa. If you're interested in that, we're going to be uh, talking about that over the next few weeks as well and getting you know, info on how you can be part of it. But just letting you know about that, you can click the banner right on our homepage from now if you want to give one of those uh, radios. Also, uh, congratulations to Colette in Collingdale, Pennsylvania, the winner of our grand prize and our partnership with Truth for Life during the month of September. They were our Ministry of the Month, uh, the weekday Winners Robin in Hamilton, New Jersey, Karen in Philadelphia, Thomas in Glenside, Megan in Philly, Betty in Clayton, New Jersey, Mark in Somerdale, June in Winmore, Marcia in Phoenixville, Flora Shell, I think that's how you say it, and Alden, Colleen in Ambler, uh, also Tim in Langhorn, Denise in Philly, Rodney and Voorhees, New Jersey, among others. Uh, we have a new Ministry of the Month this time around for October. It's the alternative with Tony Evans. Hoping to get him on the program sometime during the month of October as well. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. Have a fantastic evening. On to my next, Alistair Begg and Truth for Life and WFIL.
0: Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com